You know, one of the really interesting things we started talking about last time, and then we were sort of running out of time, and so we didn't get to dig deep far into, is you mentioned,、um, you know, we were, we were talking about how,、um, you know, you can create better balance in your life because、um, you have so much to manage. You, you know, you have your work. A professional work, but then you also have to take care of things at home and family and all that kind of stuff. And so, how do you manage everything? And one of the most excellent tips that you were sharing was that you exercise every day for a couple of hours, no matter what happens. And that is something that really helps to ground you. And I shared,、mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't exercise for a couple of days, a couple of hours a day. But I actually do meditate. I practice different forms of meditation a couple of hours a day and I do exercise a little bit, 30 minutes.、Uh, but yeah, like for me,、um, you know, meditation is a, a major practice that I utilize to help ground me, keep me centered.、Um, and I, I realized, you know, that really.、Um, This, this need to engage in self care is so critical. When we're talking about creating change and doing, you know, like especially if you are a change maker and you have a big dream, big vision that you're working towards creating change in, the, in your life and in the world, you have to take care of yourself. So,、uh, Jeff, will you share some more of your thoughts and wisdom around that? Yeah, I think,、um, you know, in such a busy world when there's so many things that everyone needs to do, there's work, there's, you know, like、um, taking care of your life, which is like I tell my life admin, you know, there's so many criteria you have to meet. But at some point, you have to invest time to play the long term game in that sense. So, like, if you, it's, I guess I liken it to lighting a candle, you know. If you burn the candle too fast, then there's no candle left. But if you burn the candle slowly, then you're able to last for a longer period of time. So if you continuously floor yourself every single day and you don't leave any time for your criterion that keeps you going longer, like for example, your health or your mental state, which in this term I would be like, you know, your meditation or my exercise or like reading, developing. And if you just constantly, you know, put yourself into doing things. Without actually getting something back in terms of your health or your wealth or your your wisdom for that sense, then you're kind of looking at a short term burnout. So, the only way to go to the long term is to be able to, I guess, want to be patient, but also learn how to incorporate things where you gain something back. So, when you talk about self care, you're basically talking about allowing yourself to feel like a human and feeling like you're validating what you're doing, you know, and it's pretty much. Recharging your batteries and giving you more focus for what you plan to do in future. Yes. 
definitely the long term long term approach i find is often times the critical missing piece in how we mm. our lives you know that like so much of what we do we're just thinking about okay what do i need to do right now to just survive through whatever is happening um and in that process of just trying to survive in the now you know you end up taking a lot of actions that are actually going to be hurting you in the long term but you're like oh, i don't have time to deal with that i don't have the capacity to do with that because everything feels so urgent like an emergency has to be dealt with right now and this was also something we were touching on last time uh, that we live in this culture that creates sense of this kind of urgency for so much mm-hmm. So, and like um yeah when when you talk about urgency it's it's so it's so true because everything is like instant you know like um it wasn't like this when i was growing up and i know it wasn't like this when you were growing up too because now we're constantly connected to our phones or our laptops all of our work is technological based um that's for pretty much like every industry or every person in their personal life and because of that you kind of wired to want to receive things instantly you're you're wired to having things now you can't wait for like a longer period of time you like need it now to feel like it was worth the effort that you put in right so and because of that kind of conditioning of like how our society has become it's very difficult to play the long term game because everyone's so used to getting things now yeah yeah i mean i i just had a thought about the climate crisis we're like in the in a climate crisis because we're so short term in our thinking but i won't go there cuz we'll really we are off topic there's something else that you mentioned <laughs> earlier that i would love to um bring back the conversation to you said something about being patient uh can you tell me hmm. more about that yeah patience is something that um i struggled with a lot when i was younger you know because the same way which i was telling you about how we're wired to our phones and we need things now well also the fact that you know um I am ADHD as well like I was wired to get things now straight away but as I grew older I understood that you know you don't get things instantly and if you do they're probably less the quality than something that would take longer to obtain so patience for me yeah I know patience is a different definition for everyone but patience for me is like consistently doing something even when you're not sure when the outcome is going to happen but you're certain it's going to happen because you're consistently working towards it and you're biding your time until you know that your efforts are going to produce a result oh, that's interesting i what you're describing i usually associate with the idea of perseverance um mm, i guess so yeah yeah with patience i actually have a very interesting relationship with the idea of patience um i i recently in the last year actually been getting more insights into like a new understanding actually of what patience can be like and how we can practice patience and um actually one of the forms of meditation that i practice every day now um 
the, the teacher that I'm learning that from, he, he, he talks about like really um, aiming to live every moment of our lives in joy and gratitude. You know, like that's the goal that we want to strive for. Like every moment in joy and gratitude. And uh, so it's like, well, but how do you do that? Especially if you're struggling with something. And, you know, like from a spiritual perspective, patience is part of the answer. It's actually part of the starting point of how you deal with struggle like you respond to it with patience and what I've been realizing over the last year is that there patience is not an all or nothing game it's not like you're either patient or not patient you there is actually depth to how patient you can be like you can practice deeper and deeper levels of patience in a given situation and so at a uh, at, at the at the more let's say bottom level of our top or surface level of how you might practice patience you know i i know like for me i associated that with this feeling of i just have to grip my teeth and get through something and that meant I was being patient like you know because there's something else that I wanted that I wasn't getting or I was going through something that felt like a struggle it was like okay I just have to sort of get through this and that meant being patient but that's not living in joy and gratitude and if you have that kind of attitude you can't live in joy and gratitude so um it's like, how can you practice patience at a deeper level? And so then, you know, it started thinking about, oh, such a perspective. This is also something we talked about in one of our previous um, conversations. You know, you, you begin to switch your perspective on patience. And if you begin to see it as a learning opportunity, as a growth opportunity, then you can practice patience at a deeper level. Then you can be like, breathe relax don't panic this is a learning opportunity you know growth opportunity um but there's like diff there's like different um like ways of like being patient though in a sense of like you got to define what you're being patient for like i mean you know you could stand at a bus stop that isn't operational and you could stand at the bus stop for weeks and no bus is going to come you know that's that's a form of patience because you're being patient but you haven't done your research you don't understand that the outcome might not happen that way um but then there's also patients where you have defined the outcome and then you just got to put in the steps so um as you talk perseverance yeah like you persevere through patience i guess we combine those ideas is where you can go towards a long-term thing because patience is is really good but you have to be but what are you being patient for i guess is what you really have to define otherwise Right. you start to lose patience very easily <laughs> true true <laughs> yeah I, I i i think you really said something really important where it's like you have to it's 
what are you being patient for? Uh, and, you know, because, oh my gosh, now I'm thinking about um, survivors of domestic violence. Um, so for four years, I was working as a crisis counselor on a domestic violence hotline. And so, um, you know, I spoke to literally hundreds of survivors of domestic violence. And one of the very unfortunate things that happened when you're stuck in an abusive relationship is that people give you very, very bad advice on how to deal with being in that kind of abusive relationship. Most people don't recognize abuse for abuse. And a lot of the time, the advice that you're getting is um, not not everywhere, but like um, now I should be more specific that in like certain parts of like uh, the Indian community, Pakistani community, um, that's more conservative, traditional. There's this mindset of, you know, anytime there's trouble in the relationship between husband and wife, we're told, oh, you have to be patient. You have to be patient you know just sort of um be gentle be compassionate be empathetic be patient in the situation and things will get better over time and before you know it like 10 years have passed 20 years have passed and people are still stuck in those abusive relationships and things are not getting better they're only even getting worse and you're still being told to be patient and that's just really sad. That's just really sad. That's that's a serious. There's something very wrong, wrong with that kind of patience and the practice of that of patience in that kind of a situation. Well, that's more of like a way to keep them quiet. You know, it's more of a way of just saying, "Look, it will get better. It'll get better." But like, um, like that's an outcome that you can see, but then that outcome is not within their control. They're kind of leaving it to other circumstances to come into play for that outcome to happen so that's the thing with patience like um you, you've got to like you, you, like say for example if you're just driving without having an end destination you can be patient but you drive all over the land but you wouldn't get to where you want it to be but if you had a map you just had to sit in the car and be patient till you get there right, right. so it's the same concept it's like you have to have a destination and then you have to drive or in this case you know put in work or put in something and be patient while you put in that something. Otherwise, oh. if you stop the car, you're never going to get there, right? So that's just an analogy that I would use to explain my understanding of patience. Yeah. Going back to the idea of self-care and, you know, needing to engage in self-care, especially as someone, you know, who, who has a life vision, that you have crafted for yourself and you're trying to work towards that. Um, like the, the word that's coming to mind right now is resilience. Like you need to be resilient. And of course, being patient is a part of how you achieve resilience also. Um, self-care is an extremely important part of how you achieve resilience also. Um, what, what else do we need? Well, first of all, 
maybe if you first tell me what you, how you define resilience and then we can talk about how how else you can be resilient yeah resilience is something that um i i think is really important for the human condition for growth because it's it's good and all to you know get coached or it's good and all to like read a book or watch a couple of movies on inspiration but if you're not prepared to prepare good times and the bad times then you're probably not going to be able to enjoy either one of them you know and you're definitely going to enjoy the good times if you can't recognize that bad times are necessary and resilience in i guess in a lot of culture is quite weak because as we were talking before everyone is so conditioned to receive things instantly um you order something online and you can get it within 2 days right so when everything is instant it's hard to be resilient for things that might push your character to the boundaries of what it can actually take so over time you have to start building practices and well first of all before that what you said before is good it's like having a vision for what you want with your life is important because then you have something to work towards okay. but at the same time also if you're not able to take the bad times and the good times and combine them into an experience then you're not going to be resilient to last until the long term goal happens for you yeah uh, how did you define resilience did you define resilience you cut out for a bit so i'm not sure oh did i cut out yeah so um to me i guess to summarize what i said resilience would be being able to maintain your character and your fortitude through good times and bad times and recognizing that you can push through you can push through and you refuse to give up that is resilience it's basically just like refusing to give up um one of the definitions that i love for resilience is the ability to bounce back so you know mm. like it's you with challenges you might have a fall but to be able to get back up to be able to bounce back from whatever that hit or fall was because um you know it's like no matter how how amazing you are in terms of um you know for example I'm a happiness expert I have lots of skills in terms of how to create and maintain my happiness and do lots of things every day to to create and maintain happiness and grow in my happiness but no matter how awesome and amazing I am in that practice and that ability I still get hit with things that are unexpected at times and um I'm not immediately able to respond to them in the in the bad ways. I I find myself feeling stuck or you know finding myself like having that fall um without um and uh, you know um having uh that ability to immediately um get up it can take a while sometimes to recover you know but the the so so it's one thing to have this these like sort of happiness skills that you create and maintain in a general context but then resilience is actually its own skill set it's like when you when you fall when you have that fall when you find yourself struggling to be able to get back up um 
does that distinction make sense for you in in your framework and way of doing things well yeah i think resilience is quite universal in that sense it's um it's like you just it, it's if you like to summarize everything and be uh don't you're not giving up you're not giving up even when things push you down or whenever you feel elevated you're like every kind of extreme emotion has a middle line and you've got to learn to thread that middle line and resilience is being able to i guess understand that not everything's going to go according to plan but that's where you just got to stick to it but obviously like there are times when um you have to learn when the plan isn't going to work out then you got to jump ship there are always times like that too but if you can see that things just require a little bit of extra tweak or effort or this or that then you can keep going and that's completely fine yeah and sometimes what what you need to be resilient is to jump ship because <laughs> if you're yeah. on on a sinking ship for example and you don't jump ship you'll just drown with the ship so sometimes exactly. to be resilient you have to jump ship and to know the difference to have the ability to know the difference between when you actually need to jump ship and it's the wiser better choice versus when you just need to stick it out um longer on your current path work harder or whatever how how do you how do you suggest people make that distinction like how can you figure that out when you're struggling with something in a moment and you've been struggling for a while how do you know if you need to jump ship or just keep working harder at it um well i've always been good at like kind of seeing these kind of things but um i normally look at reflection on my past because you know like most events happen in, in a kind of manner where you can kind of pick up different attributes so like uh, I'll, i'll give an example so recently i was living in melbourne mm-hmm. and um i was you know trying to life coach and do like big seminars in melbourne and the the day i arrived in melbourne um was the day in which it entered into lockdown like i literally got off the plane and i was on my phone at the airport and it said we're going into lockdown in four hours so i had to go to my apartment um and basically like sort myself out in the next four hours before the lockdown happened and it was a total lockdown as well you know it wasn't like a like a half it was total lockdown so that was cool and then uh, it got better the city opened up and then we entered into another lockdown but this one was really bad so the lockdown is not going to end basically until um probably december this year so it came to a point i think it was two weeks ago where the cases were really stunt this is talking about covid by the way so the cases were really starting to pile up and i saw that basically the city was going to be in lockdown for the foreseeable future until like december and i thought to myself all right i can stay here or i can go to another city i can just leave i can just go to another city because i was like i can remain in lockdown for the remaining four months or i can just leave so to myself there's a the fork in the road there it's like one pathway it's like okay i am leaving melbourne even though i really wanted to come and live in melbourne but on the other hand i'm like okay if i stay in melbourne then it's not going to work out the way i wanted to anyways so that's when i knew okay it's time to jump ship because I'm not going to be gaining any favors from this experience because it's actually setting me back. So I decided okay, see you later Melbourne and book my flight back to a different city. And 
that's a perfect example of um what we talked about just there it's like if the cards aren't lining up and you know they're not lining up <laughs> it's time to leave yeah 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 when i when i'm struggling with decisions like that oftentimes you know i find it can be a little confusing to figure out which way is the right way to go when i'm trying to figure things out with my brain because i am like one of those people who can find pros and cons to everything <laughs> and so sometimes i can way overthink things actually i do that a lot um and so actually my favorite technique of making decisions now is just to um mind, relax relax mind and i drop straight into my heart and i'm like heart you tell me tell me what to do what's the best thing for me to do and i find that an amazing amazing way to make decisions especially the tough decisions um because i i've come to really trust uh, my heart's guidance and my spiritual heart's guidance and um yeah, that's my strategy. <laughs> For myself, um, it's my gut instinct. I guess it's kind of the same thing we're talking about there. Yeah. Um, I'm not too sure about my spiritual heart. I don't really know too much about that. I might talk to you about that at a different time. But um, uh, I follow my gut instinct. So wherever that, you know, it kind of tells me needs to go. I mean, like, it's good to rationalize. Like, you always do pros and cons lists. And I, I definitely vouch by that. Um, because that that's your mind kind of like sorting out all the ideas but when it comes to like okay like do i really do it or i don't do it that's when you got to follow your gut that's yeah. the key yeah and actually i've looked into the i've looked into some research on this um about the gut feeling and what that is and it's um it's a combination of your mind picking up well this is a um, research i don't know how effective it is but like it's your mind picking up different variables in the world around you and when they don't align with how the situation is meant to be so like say somebody was telling you a lie and you had heard before the same story like they've told you the story two weeks ago and they tell you a story again but it's different your gut feeling will tell you that you can't trust it because your mind picks up different inconsistencies and that feeling you feel in your gut where you're like this is a bad idea or you shouldn't do that yeah. that's because your mind has picked up the inconsistency right and sometimes you're not actually consciously aware of those inconsistencies no because they're processed consciously and so mm. uh, uh, but the feeling that's produced uh, that's very visceral and actually that's one of the functions of emotions why we have emotions is that our emotions are much much harder to ignore like with our thoughts you know we can overthink things we can ignore um, our thoughts we can manipulate our thoughts um, but when it comes to our feelings um, they are definitely much much harder to ignore you can try to suppress a feeling for a while but actually the more you try to suppress a feeling in general it will come back it will come back even stronger because our emotions are not really meant to be suppressed our and our, our our brain doesn't like it when we're suppressing our emotions especially the negative emotions because they are part of our survival mechanism you know it's like 
if you're feeling fear, if you're feeling stress, if you're feeling anger, anything like that, it's your brain trying to warn you that there's something wrong. And so the more you try to ignore the brain's warning, the more desperate it gets to make sure that you listen to the warning and take appropriate action to protect yourself and it, the brain, from, from the danger that it's perceiving. And so it really is not a good idea to ignore our feelings. Um, I do find, though, that sometimes, you know, it, we can be very mistaken about what our feelings are actually telling us to do. You know, you, you can get a certain feeling and it makes you act in a certain way because you think in the moment that um, is what you should do, but you end up in even more trouble and then you, know, you realize, oh my gosh, I, 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 I misunderstood and you know, maybe you don't even realize even later, but oftentimes it's like you've misinterpreted your feelings. Like, I mean, if I might give a concrete example, anger is one of the emotions that can really get us in trouble in this way. Um, so let's say you, you find yourself feeling really angry at someone and in that moment of feeling anger, you might, you know, um, uh, react with violence um, towards the other person. Um, but that's not a good idea and it can get you in, in, into even more trouble but in the moment um, you know you, you just react with violence because of that anger um, but if you properly understand how to manage your anger and the function of anger and so forth then you know you can actually realize that violence is not necessarily the solution the anger was trying to uh, move you towards it was just trying to warn you that hey someone's crossed a boundary violated some boundary of mine and you need to take a stand to, to protect that boundary you know um, Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I agree with that one because um, acting out of, well, I mean, I know I was saying before you follow your gut feeling, but like that's different from like an emotion sense. It's not a raw emotion. Like a, a raw emotion, as you're talking about there in terms of anger, yeah, if you act out of it, then, you know, you're not really calculating the consequence. You're just doing what you feel like in that moment. And like, that's fine um, if you're, say, a child because, you know, children haven't learned how to, I guess, behave with other people yet, you know, they just, they do what they do, right? But as an adult, there are conventions of behavior, which um, is not just ingrained into people, it's ingrained into society. And when you act out of emotion, a lot of the time, it basically means that you put yourself on the back foot. But there are times when emotion is really useful, like um, acting out of care, acting out of concern, but then emotions are a wide spectrum. There's many bad, there's, I wouldn't say bad emotions, but there's emotions that are unhelpful and there are emotions that are helpful. You can't say they're bad emotions because you own them, right? You can't, can't delete them, but they are helpful ones and unhelpful ones. So I guess learning to focus on ones that are helpful to you 
and reinforcing them is going to be better in the long term. Interesting. So, um, reason I brought up the example about feeling the anger um, is because oftentimes, like for me, um, the gut feeling is accompanied by risk. It's accompanied with by no risk. <laughs> the gut feeling is accompanied with um, strong emotion, right? Okay, if I might give another example. So, um, you know, let's say, um, like, you know, as a female person, I have hyper sort of sensitivity to um, safety concerns in terms of, like, especially if I'm out um, and, and alone and in the dark i mean these are a lot of triggers like as a woman as a female person i have been conditioned since i was a tiny child that i'm in danger uh, of, of, of being hurt of being abused um and especially in a context where i'm alone where when it's dark and so forth and um that's one thing. I mean, there, there are all these emotions there. And I'm not saying those are gut feelings at all. Um, there are times, you know, like when you actually get, like a, uh, so I might be like in a dark place by myself and I'm feeling completely calm and normal. And then suddenly I get a feeling of, being afraid or being worried and I'm not exactly sure why you know but if I listen to that feeling I'm like I'm getting out of here and I do um, and I think that listening to that feeling in that moment is like really important because you know even you know um, there, there have been so many instances so many times when I haven't listened to that feeling when it popped up um, and I got into serious trouble and then later I realized, oh, actually my brain was picking up on, my subconscious brain was picking up on this, this, this signal because of which actually the fear and the stress and the worry popped up in my mind all of a sudden. And um, if I had ignored my feelings, you know, that's why I either got into trouble or because I didn't ignore the feeling, I, I was able to protect myself from something um you know um so like for me oftentimes that gut feeling when i'm trying to uh, is accompanied by strong emotions also um yeah but i think um in that case well i i know um from what you said that that is very common i have um some female friends that have told me the same as well it's um well actually not even some female friends i've read about it online and so it's a common thing, right? When you're walking down the street, you might feel a, a sensation of needing to protect yourself because, as you're saying, that is not that's not, not just how society has conditioned you, but that's just how it is. You know, like that's just like a, a reality that in a lot of places in the world, it's not very safe for women to go, and that that that's a reality. Um, but also coming back to the idea of emotion, like um, that emotion is necessary, but that that is a survival mechanism. That, that that fear like there's different kinds of fear and like 
being afraid of doing something you're scared of is very different from being afraid of your existence like being afraid of your survival in that sense like if you feel a need to protect yourself or to like get the heck out that that is not just an emotion that's like literally you saying okay to preserve my life i need to leave and need to do it quick so that that's a different thing and that's that's 100 listen to that because like if you ignore that well you know like um, i think there's a lot of stories on people who have ignored that yeah yeah i think one of the in in that kind of scenario like one thing that which is like there's a sense of general anxiety you know that sort of like always might be there for you um because it's not just there for women by the way like i know for example a lot of uh african americans in in the united states because of all the racism you know they also have to live with a certain level of ongoing hostility and um you know just stress that comes from living in a racist environment um i know people uh you know uh, like other categories of people who um like muslim uh who who are living in Muslim minority countries and dealing with the constant stress of islamophobia um and being targeted because of our faith um you know so so there is a certain you know like generalized level of stress or anxiety that you be feeling all the time in certain certain contexts but when we're talking about like distinguishing it, uh distinguishing this kind of emotion from the gut feeling um that's tied to your survival instinct it's like it, it's like i was saying it's like the uh my the the distinction i will draw is that number one the intensity of that gut feeling that's tied to your survival instinct is way 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 stronger then the general level of anxiety and stress you might be feeling all the time and secondly uh you know there's this idea of in the presence of danger that it like you know you don't you don't feel that heightened sense of anxiety uh or worry all the time it happens for some reason there's some trigger and and suddenly you're feeling that heightened sense and so anything that triggers a heightened sense of anxiety stress etc that you need to pay attention to that there's something even if you don't immediately understand why you're getting that uh significantly heightened sense of of anxiety etc there's some reason for that so so you need to do something something different um to to figure figure out and in the meantime um you know maybe just remove yourself from that space um uh, uh just to be on the safer side <laughs> until you can figure out what in the world triggered that strong emotion yeah and um yeah it's hard to do it in the moment but if you take some time to reflect you can normally kind of isolate what led to it and then there's always deeper things and deeper triggers that's the thing the human mind is so complex there's so many different things like a memory from like 20 years ago might impact a decision today if you're not i guess cognizant of how that's happening or you're not trying to be aware of your thoughts and where they're coming from and um that's where emotions come from and that's where it's a, it's it's fascinating and we could do many 
many discussions on how the human mind is so complex, right? It's almost impossible to characterize, but like, that's the beauty of what we do, right? We look at how the human condition changes and how we can. Yes, yes, I, yeah, yeah. I just feel like, you know, figuring out our emotions and what they're actually trying to tell us can be a very, very tricky thing for our mind. Um, It's just, I just see that over and over again, like so many times, like we get in trouble because we're not able to properly understand where your emotions coming from and what to do with that emotion, how to manage it, how to respond to it in the best ways. Yeah, and I mean, well, there's not really a best way to respond. To, I mean, you can't really characterize the best way to respond to your emotion, but you can find the best way to act it out. Like if you're angry, well, I mean, there's ways to get rid of it, right? I mean, you can take it out on other people or you can go and exercise so you can meditate. There's many different things, different ways to skin a cat. But then there's like, if you're joyful, you don't just keep that to yourself. You normally share that with other people. Why is that? But the thing is, is like, there's no best way to respond to your emotions internally, but you can regulate it. You can go through it. But at some point or other, you have to understand how your emotions are impacting the world around you and keep that in check. Any other any other um, thoughts you want to share right now? Um, I think we've talked about a lot of interesting topics today, Samuel. We've talked about you know emotion. We've talked about resilience. We've gone on the whole um, whole journey here, but I think it's really interesting because I feel like we're covering a lot of bases yeah. on the human experience. So I'm enjoying it. I, I think we'll save more discussions for uh, another time because there's a there's a lot more there. <laughs> Sure, sure. Sounds good. I'll be happy to have you back. Okay, so then, everyone, um, thank you once again for joining us. And until we see you next time, I will end as we began. Say hello, salam, shalom, namaste, aloha, sasrikal, hola, and bonjour.